0: To your friends, listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. (laughs) Now sit back, relax, and enjoy whatever it is you're gonna listen to. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the New Town Theatre. Please welcome a man who, like everyone in this audience, is rather damp today. It's Richard Herring! Thank you very much! Oh Hello! Thank you very much for coming along to this uh, podcast. It's called Richard Herring's Lipstick Smeared Teats Podcast. Uh, it's a tribute. I've you've got to come up with a new thing with podcasts. There's, so, there's, so, there's too many interview ones. Comedians interviewing other comedians, it's boring. So from now on, what this is going to be, it's going to be a tribute to the scene in Under Milt Wood where Susan Penhalligan, uh puts lipstick around her nipple. I'm going to talk to all about my guests about their main memory just of that one. Seems like no-one in the audience remembers that. Uh, it's, I remember it very clearly. I'm friends with Susan Penhaligon on Twitter now, and that's all I think about when she tweets. But I was hanging out with the silent disco walking tour uh, today. Uh, there are people with headphones. They go around singing and dancing in the street, but you can't see what they're singing and dancing. To. I mean, it sounds obnoxious and horrible, doesn't it? But it's, it's not. It's really... Cool. Most of them are just listening to this podcast as they do it. Uh, they all call it Ruhelastepus. I don't know if that's going to oh, catch on. Um, I've been up early uh, again today. I was woken at five fifteen this morning by my son singing, who's nearly two, singing his version of Baby Shark at five fifteen in the morning, which is just going, Daddy, boop boo 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 boo, Daddy, boop boo 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 boo, which isn't even the real Baby Shark song. Uh, Some of you may not be aware of Baby Shark. Have a small child right now, and you will become quite aware. Steal a child, and you'll become aware of it pretty quickly. So uh, uh, it was good, though. I mean, you know, there's a lot of subversive comedians on the fringe, but nothing is subversive as being waken at 5.15 by that and having to go in and then face that child for the rest of the day, poking you in the eye. Uh, Four stars, I'm giving him for that. For Bourns... (laughs) Um, uh, and yeah, this, I've, I've literally just been walking back and forth to this gig and then going home and looking after my kids. So not much, but every time I do that walk, something happens. I, there's, a, there's a con working on the meadows. If you want to go to the meadows and be conned, uh, there's that uh, con trick of if you can hang on to the bar for two minutes, you get a hundred pounds. Have you seen that? It's a fig. It's, it's a con. Don't do it. It's what kind of? It starts spinning around or something if you do it. They get a guy who can do it it's not spinning around and then it spins around when you try to which is impossible so don't do it it's unbelievable uh, i mean you know it's good to see people being ripped off in edward uh, the other day and today as well, i got soaking obviously as i crossed the meadows and at the other side of the meadows there's a phone box uh advertising the tour of wet 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 which you know is when you're being heckled by redundant communications technology you know, you really know you're at the Edinburgh Fringe. Um, uh, and that's all I've got for you today, that's all. Oh no, actually on the way down, I saw the rude, most obnoxious man in the world, and I tried to take a photo of him, but a uh, bus got in the way. He was uh, quite an old man, there was two of them, uh, wheeling along suitcases, you know, the wheelie suitcases, but quite small ones that, uh, that men of their size should have easily been able to carry. They're both wheeling along the pavement, down by Greyfire's great Bobby, and, like, a group of Spanish school kids came the other way, and he didn't. He had it in his, in that hand, and he just let it bang into all of them. I've never seen anything more of an honest. I mean, it's sort of funny, but it was also, what the fu- I mean, I was terrified to go, what the fuck are you doing, mate? Why aren't you carrying that? Then some very big Scottish men came past, and all suddenly he was able to wheel that around them. It was weird. <laughs> I wish I got a photo of him, because I, I just I nearly said to him, you've won the obnoxious cunt of Edinburgh today, which is, you know, during fringe time, it's quite impressive, have you seen, have you seen Silent Disco? Anyway, look, it's show seven now, so my research is fucking minimal, I'm going to tell you, there's going to be a lot of emergency questions. My first guest today... <laughs> it's just going to get worse and worse as the Fringe goes on. Please do come and see the show if you're at home. Uh, and I will, I, mean, I am on tour as well, where I'll be much more uh, happy and uh, uh, less wet. Uh slash for her slash tour if you want to see whether I'm coming near to you. And I will start trying to book some guests for those gigs in September in Brighton, Leicester uh, and Bristol quite soon. But my guest today, my first guest, is probably best known as Dave from Hollyoaks Later. That's why we've all come today in it out of the rain. Will you please welcome Spencer Jones ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Spencer Jones. Welcome. Sit down, yeah. Here, sit here. Pick up the microphone, and uh, then off we go. Um, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah. I, I didn't see Holly Hollyoaks later because it's a bit too sexy for me. It was the later one, yeah. Yeah, the it's swearing. a bit too sweary, and then it's slightly sexier. Yeah. And I find the 6:30 one sexy enough. Just <laughs> yeah. five minutes of yeah. that is sexy yeah. enough for me. Yeah. Uh, wh- how what did Dave do in Hollyoaks? Uh, Dave
2: was a um, a real straight-laced born-again Christian who uh, was really cool. He went, hey guys, it's going to be fine, and all this. And then he got spiked with mushrooms. And um, genuinely, he, a dog started talking to him. <laughs> And I'm in sort of Amsterdam filming this, thinking, this is weird. Yeah, Yeah. even for you, that's weird. (laughs) You're thinking,
0: this is weird, that is a terrible thing. I always wanted to be in Hollyoaks. I was hoping, when I was about 35, 40, I was hoping they'd just write a part of a 40-year-old man who comes into Chester and just gets off with all the girls, one after another. (laughs) That's the dream. (laughs) That's what I was hoping I'd get that part. And I kind of kept on mentioning it on social media uh, and one of the Hollyoaks writers did get back to me and say, oh, well, that, was, that is quite an interesting idea. But they basically... Dan Tetzel, I used to do, as it occurs to me with... He did Tiny Andrew Collins. Aside, he was rubbish. Uh, and he got to basically play that role. He got off with about three of them. Not Fair, is it? Too late. It would be, be bad now. If I got that role now as a 52-year-old... It's a very different It's a different... different yeah. It's a sort of Paul Hollywood... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ...vibe. But it's not nice, is it, as a 40-year-old? It's still horrible at 40, but... <laughs> So, um, oh, look, man, I've, I've been watching your uh, TV show, uh, which has just come out. It's all on iPlayer, right? Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, the Mind of Herbert Clunkadunk. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is awesome. I don't know if you've seen this show yet, but they're 10 minutes long. You can get them all on iPlayer. Yeah. There's so much in 10 minutes. I've seen clips of your uh, stand-up before, and there's obviously elements of that, but yeah. it's so uh, oh, imaginative. Yeah. As a comedian, the question you really hate getting asked is, where would you get your crazy ideas from? You must um, be on drugs. But where do you get your crazy ideas from? Because yeah. I can't
2: work out well, how you You do know, it. like... Um, I don't... know. All of our minds are kind of going 100 miles an hour. Everyone's mind's... I don't... Maybe it's just me, but yeah, it's it just like, ding, ding. And it's not like I'm thinking of idea, idea, idea. <laughs> it's just this, this brain keeps moving and doing stuff. Yeah. And it, 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 at home, in my gaff, I've got like a workroom with like a keyboard set up because I like to play keys, but I'm rubbish. But there's music there. But there's also some paints and stuff and there's some stuff to draw. And then you've got the kids... And then you've got obviously a computer, and I, mean, I think I might be a little bit ADHD, where I'll go. Oh, I'm bored of that now. No, I'm going to play on the keyboard. <laughs> My parents, I'm going to have some wotsits. Have some wotsits. Oh no, I feel like I'm going to paint. you paint for one minute. And go. No, I'm bored of that now. But as long as you keep doing that at home, <laughs> eventually stuff starts to build up. Yeah. And as long as the bills are getting paid, the Mrs. <laughs> lets me live like that.
0: Well, the the show, the program is very much there's the, a character that I presume is quite heavily based on your wife. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Uh, who is long suffering. But, you, but no, should, we're like a team. You.
2: You should, we're a team. We totally yeah, are a team. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah it's, it's definitely not the rollie eyes kind <laughs> of lady. Oh god, here he goes again.
0: It's a funny character, the 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 wife character of Herbert, who's not you, obviously, but
2: is um, uh, yeah, a very funny
0: character as well. And it, you know, <laughs> I mean, it is. I mean, you talk about this in your act, about, you know, you, you say, I'm 40, whatever you yeah. are now. You, know, yeah. but you always reference your age as you're walking around with yeah. uh, you know things drawn on your stomach or yeah, whatever yeah. you've got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's lovely to be able to carry on playing like that into, into adulthood and beyond.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're very it? lucky, yeah. yeah. It's completely, I mean, for now, yeah, we, I'm getting away with it. <laughs> um, it, it, is a w- it is weird. If you kind of look at it from the outside, you go, this is mental, what you're getting away with it mate. But Yeah.
0: But it must have been difficult when you first went onto stage with that, because obviously, like, I mean, I don't know if you were going to. Did you start in, in stand up clubs or? Were yeah. You, or Yeah. So you, there's people going on doing traditional stand up, and yeah. then you're coming on.
2: The first gig was awful. I mean, <laughs> genuinely awful, because I thought I'll go on as me first, and then I'll go. Oh, I've got someone I'd like you to meet. And I walked up stage, badly thought it out. Put the tights on, came on, and everyone's like, "It's just you in tights." <laughs> And, and it died. It died, on its, you know, it died on its ass. And then the next one, I think... I mean, I was managing for maybe three minutes on stage and then bottling it and going off. <laughs> but there was one bit where I'd, I'd shout into a glass. Like, if ever you're like, in a bad mood, you can shout into a glass. And I thought that was a good idea. So I have even got one here. <laughs> yeah, I feel better now. Or, like, taking a microphone. And you know, like... on. The <laughs> this, is, this is so stupid. On, like, um, uh, X Factor. You know, like, when they, when they sing quietly. They go really close to my microphone. But then they sing loudly far away. <laughs> and I did that for about a minute, <laughs> and then you're kind of looking into people's eyes and the audience going, "Yeah, move on, mate, move on, move on." <laughs>
0: takes a lot of balls. I mean, we can see your balls in uh, with Herbert. That's the your first joke, mate, yeah. Right?
2: yeah.
0: But you know, it does take a lot. It does take a lot of courage to, to push through that and presumably through quite a lot of difficult gigs to the point where people understand what's going it, on. I
2: think I've done, yeah, it, you do think that. You think, oh, it's, But I think being like an old man and not giving it a go, I call it like a comedy icer. Like, I, I'm, I'll happily be a really, really skinned old man who's just tried it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Rather than, I didn't try it. Yeah. And sitting there going, I wish I bloody tried it. <laughs> you know, I should have definitely turned a dog poo bag into a hat. <laughs> should have done that. You know, imagine being that guy. It'd be an awful way what, to end your life.
0: What percentage of the ideas don't work or don't make it? So like if you're, if you're, you're trying to basically yeah. take mundane objects and, and yeah. it's sort of visual puns almost, isn't it? But it's finding the comedy in mundanity as well. But it's,
2: oh it's difficult yeah what's my percent? what's my hit rate <laughs> I reckon this. usually stuff works but sometimes there's varying degrees and you kind of have to work out why it's not worked you know uh, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's hard to put a number on it really uh, stuff sometimes changes like obviously with an audience like I've got a song at the minute which is just me saying do you remember my mum over and over again and if you say it over again do you remember my mum 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 and young people think it's hilarious <laughs> But like, there's mums and dads in the audience going, "What the fuck is this?"
0: <laughs> but it's yeah. sort of getting on board into the mindset. of yeah, like, you. Yeah. I mean, as another, as a comedian, I just, you know, I'm watching it, thinking of all the technical issues behind it. Like, you are you doing a brilliant set at Melbourne, and I'm thinking, God, did he have to? Take that. There's a thing with you've got like you're on a little wobbly Wob- board, yeah. Yeah. and I was thinking, did you have to take that on the flight yeah, with your, you yeah? Yeah, that cost dough, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but and all the, the props, you must have. I oh think yeah, you, you don't get the made if you go to Melbourne, you don't get a, a yeah. set made in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah.
2: we've also those like um, those shows that are based at the airport when some idiot go What? I can't bring knives in. <laughs> you know? But it was me, and what you got inside, and I just went, Do you know what, mate? I, I've no idea if any of this is legal, but have a look. And that was enough for them not to look at any of it. <laughs> that was the flag you know no one's going to do that take you know I don't know mate (laughs) I had Weetabix in there which I don't think you're allowed (laughs) allowed. smuggled Uh, some Weetabix Have all the things (laughs) they're (laughs) taking
0: you in they could get soggy and then stuck to the side of the plane and you know one little seed seed
2: takes me out yeah terrible it's
0: terrible so yeah I mean uh, there is some lovely stuff in that uh, just in that first episode of your when you just put your face in Cocoa Pops yeah and then and then and then, up, yeah. and then they just gradually fall yeah. off. I well, mean,
2: th- it's sort of how, that's. Well, I, I wanted to do like you know like um a breakfast scene where you know there's that brilliant um, breakfast scene with Malcolm and Wise when they do the stripper. Yeah. And then there's all stuff, and I thought it'd be quite nice to have a guy who's like uh, a conductor. <laughs> But he feels like he needs to have a beard to do it. So the idea was you bang down into Weetabix, but I had to go for co- uh, Cocoa Pops because they were better. Yeah. And then you come up and the idea was I had to have like a bow tie on and then I'd kind of get like a breadstick and conduct whatever yeah. was going on. But then that idea slowly changes and before you know it, you've got your face covered in Vaseline as a bowl of Cocoa Pops. <laughs> and it's, an, it's a chat with the agent so yeah. you just kind of always you know, evolving it
0: and again did you try every different breakfast cereal to find out the best one uh,
2: I wish I had but <laughs> no we, we, someone mentioned Cocoa Pops we tried it and that was it it worked <laughs> but it was my, my mates Johnny and Will we always wanted to have a plate of something we had this idea from spaghetti bolognese yeah. uh, there was going to be one where I shoved it in it was going to be full hair and then like a spaghetti bolognese beard <laughs> we never got around to that another one was um, we had this idea we never did it but you know like you get ponds that have got loads of pond weed that kind of algae that thick algae I wanted my kid to come up to me and say, in the show, he says, yeah. My, my tadpoles have got cancer. <laughs> He's got it into his head, and I go to look into this pond. And the idea is I dip my whole head into the pond and then come out with these nice green algae, sort of long tash sort of thing. <laughs> Never happened, ah. but yeah. Next it's, time. It's,
0: it, I don't know, it's, 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 it's such an individual thing. I mean, you know, there are echoes of other stuff, and, and sometimes it feels like very old slapstick comedy sometimes there's yeah. a little bit of young ones-esque sort of stuff yeah, in there, but yeah. only because it's talking objects it's still yeah, quite yeah, different yeah. Um, but it does it is it's finding you know your own comedy voice which you've done very I mean how long have you, how long were you working in the clubs before you um,
2: well I would say because I started comedy when I was very young like a double act I was in a double act yeah. me and my mate 17 years old we were called uh, Marks and Spencer and <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Nice one. <laughs> and uh, we did three gigs. first two gigs were great. The third gig was at the Sixth Form Disco. Okay. And, uh, and, and, and I said, oh yeah, no, we'll do it. Because we'd smashed it. We had that like, lovely thing where you start, and you're like, this is amazing. And I was saying stuff to my mum at home, like, just need to find out from a big fish in a small pond. <laughs> like 17 years old, and two gigs. And I turn up to the Sixth Form Party. Everyone's like trying to get off of each other. They snuck in vodka. And I go up to the DJ and go, yeah, we're going to do some comedy now. And he says, really? He goes, yeah, 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 yeah. And you stops the record. And there's going to be some comedy now. And I got booed off stage by 40 of my best mates. Wow! <clears throat> and I didn't do comedy until I was 24. So right. with the, c- the clowny kind of stuff, the re- eureka moment, I'd been doing loads of stuff. But then it was probably five, six years ago, I properly yeah. started trying hard when yeah. the kids came, you know, the first firstborn came along. And it's yeah. like, you need to sort this out <laughs> now. People rely on you.
0: Yeah. But you have done quite a lot of acting as well. You're in Upstart Crow. Yeah, doing the impression of Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais, Gervais, yeah.
2: Of, yeah. yeah. He, was, he was called Gervais until two days before. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and then they bottled it and then went, no, but you've still got to do a Ricky Gervais impression. So, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no it'll be fine, it'll be fine. I like, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And is that, just, do you think Ben Alton has a, because it seemed a little bit nice, as the series has progressed, it seemed a little bit on the nose and...
2: Um, well, um, Ben always told me, and uh, the, the, the guys in charge said, like, that Kemp of his time was the biggest comedian in the world. Yeah. And they went for Ricky Gervais, because he's, you know, he's done so well in America and yeah, stuff, yeah. they wanted it to be that. Uh, and uh, yeah it's a difficult one because th- you kind of when I came to Edinburgh in 2014 I had a terrible Edinburgh but I did one gig that went well and the casting agent was there and that's how I got that oh, job But right. <laughs> like, the worst Edinburgh ever it was horrible <laughs> I got that job out of it and yeah,
0: uh, yeah it, it, has Ricky Gervais uh, ever commented upon it? He's
2: n- No, he hasn't. No, no. no. And I, I know people that know him and he's never mentioned it, really? but you can't really kind of... You know, <laughs> I don't think he would. I mean, you might not have even well, seen Well, then it. He,
0: some, cause he sometimes gets little beefs. So there's, there's an American comedian who always takes the piss out of him and he is yeah. quite... Ang- on Twitter, he's quite angry about yeah. that guy. No. So he, it, it, it probably means he's not angry about you.
2: No, no. <laughs> I try my hardest. I try my hardest. <laughs> and I'm from Red- I was born in Reading as well, so... Yeah. I, yeah, that's part of the accent. It's quite an easy sort of pretend.
0: Cool. I'm going to ask you a couple of emergency questions. Oh, okay. ah, look at that. That's gone down. So, yeah, that's Sorry, fine. it doesn't matter. It's just some junk I'm trying to sell to the audience. It's fine. Um, I'm going to ask you this. I'm gonna, it's coming in quite random. Okay. Uh, if you had to invent a fifth season, which two <laughs> other seasons would you put it in between and what would happen in this fifth season?
2: That's great. Thank you. Uh, I think let's have something like, just between oh, winter and spring. Um, I don't know what we're going to call it why would I put it there Let's, I'll think about that in a minute and uh, uh, maybe a season before summer yeah so you can work out how to wear shorts because I look rubbish in shorts <laughs> so it'd be nice if we had a, a little season mini season the working out what, you, your, what your knees are like sort of yeah. section you just know.
0: getting trousers gradually shorter, <laughs> yeah, shorter yeah, yeah, yeah. just imperceptibly
2: for, a, for yeah. like three months no, and nobody notices so nobody notices because yeah. it's just gradually over and yeah, then. suddenly it's yeah. summer yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good idea yeah
0: Let's, let's, do, let's make that happen. Uh, I think uh, in Edinburgh, there is, they, need a, they need four seasons. They've only got one season. <laughs> and it's every season, every day. Uh, uh, okay. Um, uh, there's some questions in here I don't remember writing. I, I'm not saying I wrote this book quickly. Uh, is your happiest memory of a time when you were alone or with other people? That's like a weird question.
2: Happiest memory.
0: That's that's a question for a date, apparently. That's what uh, I thought would be a good question to ask. Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I'm going, mate. Thanks. Bye. Do <laughs> you, you happier alone or with other people?
2: Uh, my, my happiest memory is like when, when the kids were born. Yeah. Yeah, and you go, yeah, you know. Um, Did you, you
0: really? Because, I, I mean, I'm glad the kids are here, but the day they were born, both of them was uh, horrific.
2: No, no, it was just once it had finished. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, well, it's like a gig. <laughs> yeah. You
2: know, it's like the gig's like, ah. And then after, he's like, "Thank you, yeah. like, oh God!" Like, yeah, yeah. Um, nice. yeah once they were there, well, I, I think it was when my daughter was born because we were convinced that we were going to have two sons. Not like you know, kind of oh, we just got a feeling. It's just there was little clues and stuff. You know, we got you know, we got when they do the scan and stuff. And then when it was a daughter, it was like, you know, yeah, it was, that was an amazing oh, feeling. That's, that's probably a bit, you know, it's not funny, oh. but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hope your son doesn't listen to this. He's going to be really upset when he <laughs> finds out he didn't want a boy. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: Although I do get very happy watching the Rocky movies on my own. Do you, yeah? Yeah, get, still get the goose pimples, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I kind of, you know, the older I get, the more I like being on, on my own as much as possible. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. but yeah, they, it's nice having a family. It's all right, isn't it? <laughs> No, no. <laughs> you have to pretend. You have to pretend it's all right, don't you, mate? That's the thing. I know we're on the same wavelength. And we'll do one more, and then we might have to get the uh, crazy ladies out from backstage. I'll ask you this. I'll be interested to find out uh, your answer to this. Would you rather have a tit that dispenses talcum powder, yeah. so it comes out of your nipple, yeah. or a finger that can travel through time? Uh, so your, tr- your finger can go anywhere in the past... <laughs> Or the future, yeah. not the present. I've discovered because that is just your finger, yeah. uh, and you can you can alter things. You can look through the hole and see what's going on. So you can you can, but you can't get any further than that. Just in. the finger. Yeah, and you can do only, a lot with a finger. You can. I mean, it's better than some talcum powder. Company. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I finger, mean, it, basically, the question is: What would you do if you could put your finger through time? <laughs> What would you touch and change?
2: It would probably, I, I'd probably do stuff, but then you, you'd want to see the result of it afterwards, wouldn't you? Yeah. So I think just my finger popping up at very key moments in time. Yeah. Just there it is there. Yeah. And don't out stuff just in case it has a big, you know, Back to the Future style you know, <laughs> yeah. issues. There is
0: something in the Bible about a, a finger appearing in there, <laughs> so maybe that's your finger. Isn't it? No, yeah, no, no. I mean, just sort of aiming for the Bible times. Yeah. You know, it's not a very significant, <laughs> significant story that people remember, <laughs> but there is something about a disembodied finger. Oh, this is a question I thought of yesterday because I, i I love coming to Edinburgh. And I've hardly ever done it, but I like to go and see the Lewis, the Isle of Lewis Chessman in the National Museum Gallery, whatever it is. Right. And I would quite like to take some of those home with me. And keep them. And someone found one in a drawer. Did you see that? There, Someone found a Lewis Chessman in their drawer that had been there for 50 years. You know the Lewis Chessman. You must do. Don't know the yeah. Well, they were discovered in the Orkneys or somewhere like that. Forgive my ignorance. Uh, the Isle of Lewis, probably. Uh, and um, <laughs> thinking about it. And, uh, <laughs> and they're just this really sort of slightly comic but quite cool chess set from Viking times. Yeah. I would like to ha- own one of those. If you could take one item from any museum or art gallery and you're allowed to take it home with you in the world, oh crikey! They just said you're allowed to have. I've not one been to thing.
2: enough. I've not been to enough to give you an answer. There, is there
0: anything that you're? Is there a painting? Because like, it's like not necessarily it has to be the most valuable thing. Yeah. it could be. No. Oh God! Is there um, anything you fancy having in your house? <laughs> I saw a nice Van Gogh the other day that I'd never seen before I thought I'd like that that's not one of the main ones yeah, oh mean, yeah, yeah they wouldn't miss that it's probably cheaper than the others yeah one of his so early so I'm, I'm looking to see how much <laughs> that is it's uh, a bit too expect- it was w- a bit
2: out of my price range um, oh god what would I like so maybe something from the, something to do with the Beatles yeah yeah maybe quite good to have John Lennon's that piano he played imagine that <laughs> would be pretty yeah, good yeah but never play imagine on it <laughs> <laughs> just chopsticks <laughs> put videos online just to annoy people yeah
0: you should have done that as a version imagine you had my piano it would be pretty cool <laughs> hey look we've got uh, two more fantastic guests coming up so it's uh, going to be a slightly quick one Spencer but thank you so much for coming in when's your show oh. I love the poster as well I love the all
2: oh, the sunglasses oh the sun- there's uh, 5.45 at the uh, Pleasance one of the ones beginning with B beyond beside or beneath I never <laughs> know I just walk in and do the show. <laughs> and uh, the Monkey Barrel 4 is my late night uh, disco, which is weird every night. Okay. If there's anyone in the audience who wants to get up and sing, please do. It's
0: amazing stuff that Spencer does. You do have to go and see if you haven't seen it before. Ladies and gentlemen, Spencer Jones! Good man. Oh. I mean, I don't know if I'm just getting old, but everyone I see now, I just think, fuck good at what they do. Ah, oh, fuck. Uh, he's, he's an amazing comedian. Uh, as our, our next guest, I'll quickly mention the fact uh, you should have all got a program at the beginning. That is a gift, as always. Uh, what I've been doing at these shows, as I've always done for the last 15 years, uh, is make a collection at the end for Scope, which is a charity that uh, is helping disabled kids and trying to get equal rights and access to disabled people. If you feel that program was worth something, you can give some money in the buckets after the show, either uh, someone holding one as you're going out, or if you look for me, I'll be sitting on a desk. In the, in the entrance door, uh, sort of slightly wet from the rain, uh, and uh, there'll be a bucket on my table. Hopefully you can give some money there. I'm also selling uh, emergency questions books. You can buy the brand-new emergency questions book at a, at a knock-down price as I'm trying to shift my remaining stock. Uh, you can buy the original emergency questions book, uh, and you can also buy uh, some amazing Rahalastapa, weak stickers, I'm one of the cool kids uh, if you buy both books you get those stickers for nothing, that's amazing, I think this, we've got a few more that will be available on gofasterstripe.com uh, if you are quick as well, uh, and I'm very happy to say hello, sign your programmes, do selfies all that nonsense, I have a card machine you can pay by card if, uh, if it's working yeah it's what Peter Kay does at the end of his gigs as well he does, he goes out I sometimes I make 45 pounds uh, you know, it's quite good Spend it on Premonj mung- some sandwiches.
2: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
3: Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST.
0: (laughs) That's what I spend on. Right, my guests. I've really prepared nothing for these two. In fact, I might not have even done done what they're best known for. Uh, I haven't. Uh, They're best known for... um, uh, being up against each other for the Herald Scottish uh, Culture Awards. But which of them was the winner of that and is therefore the best of the two? <laughs> and would that lead? Uh, and they're also best known for. Uh, they're like Russian dolls. One of them came out of the other one's vagina. That is the. That is the. Uh, that is the uh, there might, during this show, another one might come out of the other one's vagina. And we'll, we'll never. <laughs> Not bad for just off the cuff, was it? Because I forgot to prepare anything. Will you please help amazing. Jane, you an amazing Janie Godney and Ashley Story, ladies and gentlemen? They're from Scotland. They're from Scotland. They're like you. Come in, sit down.
3: Um, I'm not pregnant. I'm just bloated. <laughs> you horrible
4: man.
0: <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were asexual and the, you, your family and you just produce. Yeah. Another, another clone when, when the time is ready. Yeah, we another. just
4: keep pulling comedians out of nowhere. No, vagina. don't do that, ma. <laughs> right, okay, sorry. Pointing at your fanny in a
3: Mason's hall. Oh yeah. I, I
4: feel think like need.
3: I'm the first Catholic with a fanny to sit on this stage in a Masonic lodge. <laughs> True. I feel like I should roll up my trouser leg and just start shaking everybody's hands. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> Flashing my nipples. I don't know what they do.
0: I don't know what they do. I presume any woman who comes in here is, leaves them in a coffin. That is my guess. Whether yeah. Or just a body bag. I don't think they'd have the respect to put them in a coffin thinking about...
3: Hashtag not all Masons. Not all Masons.
0: <laughs> so far, I've been quite rude about the Masons on this podcast, and we haven't been kicked off this. Right, okay, so <laughs> let's not discuss that. Um, I, might, I might be sent to prison. God, they've got contacts. Shit, what am I doing? All the police are in the Masons, aren't they? What they are. What was thinking? Um, so, who won the? Uh, which one of you won the uh, the award for being the best cultural thing in Scotland?
4: It the was old me. One. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the one who's had more time to contribute culturally.
4: Yeah, it was me. She and she heckled me all the way through my speech. And the funny you. thing is, is people in the audience or, or in the room didn't know. That she, some of them didn't know she was my daughter. So as I got up, she's like, boo! (laughs) Boo! Old lady! (laughs) And I could see the horrified, oh my God, it was very upmarket. And all these people are like, That woman's
3: really upset that she lost out in that award.
4: (laughs) And I had to explain it was my daughter that was booing me and I thought it was funny, but there was, you know, those old people that shouldn't attend events because they don't have the right cultural input. They just sat like that. (laughs) Is that
0: microphone working, James? I can't tell if it's me or... Is that all right? Is Did my I, microphone working? Oh, it is, no, it is now. It is now. Right, okay. I, th- I think it doesn't matter, Jane. I think they'll be able to hear you anyway. That's fine. For, so.
3: <laughs> you can you hear you for the International Space Station. She's <laughs> <laughs> very loud. It's because I'm a bit deaf. She you knows, she you know yesterday, because we're sharing a flat at the Fringe, because we don't have a million pounds for two flats for a month. <laughs> um... <laughs> she got up at like nine in the morning and she does these voiceover videos that you all love but I don't understand and um, she was doing some I don't know what you were doing but all I could hear is that's Nicholas Sturgeon done something over and over and <laughs> over again and it like swept into my dream and then woke me up and I was
4: furious and then you didn't understand why I was in a bad mood She's in a bad mood every single time she wakes up since she was three and a half days old. <laughs> Which is
3: true. So I don't understand why, why you're surprised every morning when I'm in a bad mood when I wake up. The pattern holds, Mother. Stop being like,
4: what's wrong with you? It's morning and I've woke up. That's true. <laughs> Even as a newborn baby, she woke up like that. <laughs> I'm like, that's oh. because I heard your voice. <laughs>
0: I told you I wouldn't need any questions. I'm not, I, mean, I, I, might, I might just take the rest of the show off. I can have a nice half now with my own idiot children. So it's. Um, I'm not saying you're an idiot. Uh, I'm saying, I'm saying Thank my, you. Thank you. Uh, it is... Well, I, I do have to apologise to you, Jenny, because every time I complain about Edinburgh, the price of Edinburgh accommodation on Twitter, someone will then go, why don't you go and live in Glasgow and commute in? And I will then say, talk to Jenny Godley about that, who yeah. lives in Glasgow and doesn't commute in. So we
4: can, because we've got this show, and then she's got her show, and then I'm doing my show, and then I'm doing Radio 4 tonight. So it's not like we can just come in the train... Do a couple of shows, stand in a bus shelter, and then wait till that's finished and then do a show. You need to be here. You can't. And our flat was three and a half grand this year, and the woman asked us not to smoke in the flat, so I stole her telly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, my, 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 I'm staying in a house because I've got two children and they don't contribute anything. To, at least yours is working. Yeah, yeah I still um, don't
3: contribute. She doesn't <laughs> contribute to the flat.
0: Nah. Mine's, mine's £7,000 for that. Oh, wow. a humble but brag. the, the guy who... It's a nice house, I have to say. It's worth... It is... I mean, it's not worth... It. I got into it thought, oh, it's worth it. And like, no, it isn't. No. Uh, but the guy who owns the house is friends with a guy I know in London and I've mentioned... And he'd, he'd been saying, oh, I think Richard Haring's staying in my house. And so I tweeted this and then now he's, all his friends are taking the piss out of him. For, he's a socialist guy. Oh. And all his friends are taking the piss out of him for being a rip-off <laughs> landlord. So, <laughs> so it's worth it. <laughs> it's been worth it for that. I decided not to spend any money on anything else. So no, I've got, no. I haven't no. put posters up and I haven't... Uh, but we are
4: doing a free show. Um, yeah. So it, it's a different thing. Um... In a sense, it's a different thing that we've not got... But then, you don't have a guaranteed, you know, wage coming in either. No. We take such risks to talk to strangers, don't we? We do. We but, can. I
0: mean, you guys both of you have got a, a fantastic attitude towards the fringe as well. And mm-hmm. I've seen you, actually were talking about, uh, you know, the shows are free and you want them to be free because you want people to be able to see them. And yeah. if they can't afford to see them, it's, 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 especially if you're doing an important message for... Mm-hmm. Uh, what well, this year, is about mental health thing. Last year, was mm. p- there was...
3: Last year was smear tests. Smear yes. Because yeah. it's very important to get your smear tests because women are dying of embarrassment, and that's yeah. ridiculous. And this year, I'm talking about being mental because the NHS waiting list was too long for a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> so now you have to listen to it. Um, <laughs> but but it's, it's, it's free, and I think yeah. it's good being free. I mean, mm. I still make money. That's the other thing, is, is when you do a free show people think that you're not making any money and I don't do a big push on the bucket speech I mean even she gets annoyed at me because my bucket speech is if you liked it and you've got money stick money in if you don't like it just keep that to yourself because nobody likes a grass, that's it (laughs) I don't push for money but I think that when you're at a paid venue, and I've been at this fringe since I was 11, so I've watched comedians sit with knots in their stomach, selling out a 60-seater every day, and knowing that they still won't go home with money, knowing they'll still go home in debt, even though they've sold out every day, because the venue's taking a cut, and because everybody's taking a cut of that, and I never, ever wanted to be that, I never wanted to live that life, where the fringe was so distressing, that, that it wasn't, fun anymore and the free fringe allows you to have fun it allows you to not have to sit with a boulder on your chest and also not funding tories so <laughs>
4: <laughs> yay that's my girl
0: <laughs> and it's you know and for the people who uh, live in edinburgh and scotland and the people who are coming up it's yeah. so expensive to to be in this city anyway that yeah. it's you know it's, yeah, it's, it's important. great that so, there is there are free shows. It's important
4: comfort. that, that, that the arts, I mean, I am hardcore working class Glaswegian, and I know that the arts aren't always accessible to people on a limited budget. And I'm not that, I'm not, you know, uh, skint anymore, but I remember wanting to come through at the fringe. When people can't afford £16 a ticket, they can't afford the £25 train ticket or whatever it is, and then they get here and they just can't afford to see more than one thing, so it's such a huge risk. And the thing about the free shows is, is it makes it really accessible for people to come and see a show and then go, wow, I, I don't have money. And people often come in my queue and go, Janie, I don't have any money. I'm like, I never asked you for money. You don't have to pay. This will be fine. Enjoy the show. Go out, have a good time. And I say to people, if you can put money in the bag, do it. If you can't, don't. And if you're really skint, take money out because I won't die for the one a couple of people taking a tenner off me and it just takes that whole thing as this isn't for us this isn't for us, that's for really posh English people, it's not for us no, it's for us all come out and see it, have a laugh and some people put, you know boots, coupons and euros in my bag which is fun as well (laughs) but we'll keep them for after Brexit
3: when the economy crashes we will (laughs) But from a business sense, even though from her socialist, you know, everybody deserves entertainment. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
4: that isn't my fucking voice. <coughs> Sorry.
3: Everybody deserves entertainment. <laughs> um, from a business sense, it just makes it just makes good sense as yeah. well. Because you'll know yourself that when you're a New comedian and you're coming to the fringe, people who have 20 quid are going to spend that 20 quid to see somebody off the telly. Mm-hmm. They're going to spend that money to see somebody they know and are guaranteed a laugh because they've made them laugh before. They're not going to risk that money on me. So new acts should come and do mm-hmm. the free fringe because it's it's a way you can get seen because you get told repeatedly the only reason you come to the fringe is to get seen yeah. by people. You can get seen by people. You actually get seen. You're not fighting with
4: Richard Heron. Yeah, you're, with f- you're fighting with people who... You're not fighting with anybody. You're the open other, and available. The other thing that made me switch to the Free Fringe, because I've done all the big venues for years, I've done the Assembly, the Pleasance, the whole lot of them, I've done them all, and I remember one day I was on flyer and flyer, and i do do like the daytime shows to get an audience in, and then I would flyer them, and these people went, oh, we really loved your show, we'll see you at 6 o'clock, and I'm like, thank God. And then I'm standing outside the Pleasance, and up comes the people who'd saw me at the show, and in front of me was a guy from, like, You know, some big comedy promotion company and this is like the middle of the festival giving out free tickets so it's already the free festival (laughs) you know these people are getting so why would you buy a ticket for me when there's a guy standing there where he can't get his hand around him they're that big of free tickets for his comedian his big London boy that's going to make it next on the telly so we need to paper the room so I'm like why are you outside the venue giving away free tickets? It already has the free festival, yeah. so I'll immerse myself in it and do it properly. And I do get some sticks. Some of the promoters have said, oh, I wish you wouldn't do the festival. You're legitimising it. I'm like, that's good. a ridiculous thing to say. And good. And do you know what else? I pay my tax. And you know what's more important? I pay my fucking staff.
3: Because right. like they don't. The big venues, they don't. Richard, I don't know if you've seen that I've in seen the newspaper. <laughs> they don't. I've
0: seen it. <laughs> Well, they say. I mean, they were saying. Uh, Nick Burns was saying that uh, down the line you get you get your foot in the door, and then it means you can it leads on to other jobs, which I think was true in the 80s and 90s when all those yeah. people were starting off. But it's not. You know, there's so many people up here now. Yeah. There is but acts things. and people, that leafletters and everything. but yeah. you're not guaranteed to get to anything.
4: expect kids to come up. I and mean, they come from all over the world. They don't just come from. They're not even homegrown. They're kids all over the world, and they come here and they work for like 12-hour shifts and it's like, oh, we're actually a charity. So they get paid like twampins, and then they're living in a flat with 19 other kids, but if they have to put it down to the experience. Do you know what? Pay your staff. Yeah. Like, say something funny, no, mark because has got a bit of... <laughs> You did it, yeah, well done. I,
0: mean, I, was thinking, I was thinking, there was a girl selling tickets in one of the little booths, you know, yeah. sitting down with rain... You kind of think when she came up to end, you think, "Oh, this is going to be great." And over the Edinburgh Fringe, and you're going to be sitting in a hut all day just printing up tickets for people. If they're not, they're not. they have got to pay people to do that yeah, job. That's yeah. not a nice job to yeah. do. Yeah. Anyway, I love both of you on social media for lots of reasons. You both have, you have grabbed you? hold of the internet.
3: Do you love me on social media?
0: Because you. you don't follow me on I Twitter. <laughs> I love <I've> social. <laughs> It's too much stuff, actually.
4: That's my girl. <laughs> Just, this is so weird, because th-
3: how would you even know?
0: Well, I'd see you all the time on that. I assumed I was following you, because you must be your mum between them. Because I see your videos all the time. I'm quickly following you now. Uh, <laughs> so that after this show.
4: We love social media. For oh, me, yeah. it's really weird, because the, the the people in public assume that people my age can't Work social. Oh, well, I don't know what it is. Is it Snapchamp? You know but the I best th- thing about social media and you is that for years her and my
3: dad would fight a lot yeah. and then she got Twitter and now she fights with strange men
4: <laughs> and they're finally happy. Yeah. So it's saved our marriage. <laughs> it has. <laughs> and she can tell when I'm arguing with somebody just by
3: the hardness of the typing. <laughs> I can hear it and I can know, oh, she's, she's in an argument with somebody or I'm going to hide. Well, I
0: love the people who take you on, Janie. Oh, it's I'll kind fucking of insane, go for you know, it. I think they think, oh, it's, it's a woman, she'll crumble. I They really don't know you at all.
4: No, nope, I will go for it. Full <laughs> brottle. I'll get right in there. Somebody to me go, eh, I don't like you. You're no funny. I was like, but nobody's making you watch me. Go away, you arsehole. <laughs> like, well, well, that's not very nice. Do you know what else is not very nice? Your eye. Go away keep it off my Twitter feed, you don't need to look nobody's making you. I like
3: it when it's the guys who are like, you're an ugly cow and then you look at their profile picture
4: and they're like (laughs) for those listening I did a thumb with a face Um, (laughs) I like the ones that say you'll never get sex and you look at them and you say have you been in a fire? (laughs) Ma! Don't care! If you are gonna question my ability to have sex I'm gonna slag you back. You entered the internet, you opened the door you looked at me, you says nobody touches my fanny, hard down on it. (laughs) Also we live
3: together, her and dad pump like crazy so It's only just one room isn't it
0: so you all live in one
3: room. I like to stand at the door and shout why are you hurting my (laughs) mummy? And then they have to pay me to go away.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, well, your, your videos on... Uh, the, the videos you're doing online are incredible, Ashley. Really, really good fun. Thank uh, you. The Handmaid's Tale, what in Scotland... Some of them were like, if, it, if Game of Thrones was set in Scotland... Yeah, I
3: do, if stuff was Scottish, yeah. because we don't really get a lot of representation. Like, when I was growing up, the only Scottish people I saw were drug dealers on the bill. So... <laughs>
2: Or in the, the pub. pub,
3: or 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 un- uncles. Um, right. <laughs> but I, I just like the idea of things being different if they were Scottish. And then I've got some characters like Chad, who's a pickup artist
4: and is really good at parkour. Yeah. Um, and. <laughs> I love Chad. I know. I love the fact that she did. If The Handmaid's Tale was Scottish and Margaret Atwood retweeted it and spoke about it, she oh, was she, absolutely. Yeah, that's the She cried. She's like, oh my god, this is my favorite author. Um, and that, and it's me. I have to run out in the hall with a camera. Yeah. And I have. I can be sitting just like watching TV or reading a book, and, she'll, and she just comes in with a wig and a whole outfit. I'm like, oh, that was weird. Weird. come through? She went, get your camera. Come into the hall. And then we have to tell her dad not to come out. We have to put the sausage dug up high because it's wee tip-tappy toes make a noise <laughs> on the floor. So, and then I have to video it. And then she's like, "Frank, go back into your room. Um, and then they go up online. And I love your characters. But she's always done, even when she was a wee girl in the pub, she used to come into the pub and all the drunk men would be there. And she'd be like, who's this? and did, make me funny noises. And everybody's like, Your child is really weird. Do you not
3: remember? I would come into the pub and just reenact whole scenes from Miss Jean Brown. You did. At age six. You did. And I would walk in and address and be like, Teddy Lowther needs a lover. And they would be. <laughs> <laughs> and just
4: horrified old men would be staring and be like,
3: Assassin, Assassin, Assassin. It's a fucking
4: she did. She was very film. weird. Yeah. She used to make stop start animation with her own camera and she'd have all the wee um, we play playmobiles. playmobiles and, and it every was now, always
3: It was always a Jewish family <laughs> escaping from the Nazis.
4: <laughs> always. And the
3: worst one is No don't mum, don't tell them, it's really bad. I didn't know <laughs> <laughs> They hit, they hid the baby in the oven and I didn't know any
4: better and it was Stuff. And we couldn't say, I've just made a video about the, the Jews escaping for the Nazis, do you want to see it? And me and her dad's like, okay. And the, you know how like, the Playmobiles was always a kitchen scene, because they didn't have playmobile out switch, it was just a kitchen scene. And then it was like, we need to run for the Nazis. Then the mummy opened the oven door and put the baby in it, and me and her dad are like... <laughs> tell her we can't tell her like, and, and then they all
3: escaped and everybody was fine and it was really good and then occasionally my big fat ginger cat would come on and just
4: like pee in the middle of my scene Yeah, <laughs> and she couldn't edit it so it would be like a really nice story with a narrative big cat then disappears <laughs> <laughs> like, big eye right up the camera but she was always that, that's all she ever wanted to do was yeah. make film even as a very small child all she ever wanted to do was just sit in the carpet with a camera and make her own wee films
0: yeah and you know then the internet allows and, it, and it's, it's interesting I know when we talked before Jane you were you were saying it's you know it's so difficult to get on TV as working mm-hmm. class people but you then suddenly 10 years have passed and you don't, that doesn't matter anymore
4: does it in I fact, am the first working class Scottish woman to be on Have I Get News for you in 35 years yeah. the first <laughs> uh, thank I you for that one there. yeah thank you
3: your lackluster applause is noted <laughs> No, I think it's the internet has. Pro- it was a proper ha ha for yeah. for both of us. Like stuff that I'd pitched to BBC for years, yeah. and they were like, "No, we don't. We don't like you or your mother." <laughs> and. um <laughs> And then the first video made that if Harry Potter was Scottish, got 30 million hits. Yeah. 30 million hits. And that whole, oh, you won't really work well. Well, the public won't like you. I was <laughs> <it's> like, "Nah, na <laughs> And it was great. It was a great feeling. And the same with her yeah. videos, where people were very much like, you have to be less political, Jane." Yeah. It's awkward and it's embarrassing. And then she's made her bread and butter, making fun of politicians. So and like, having a
4: fight with Trump. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. But one of the things is, as well, is she made it. The, the BBC and modern media had a rule where it had to be like. Uh, 1 minute 30, that was that somebody at media school has taught all the people in media, it had to be just 1 minute 30, we've researched this, she actually got the rules changed she made a video that was over 2 minutes and they now change the rules and they can be longer. Technically now the algorithm has changed okay. on yeah. Facebook so they
3: want your videos to be longer than 3 minutes, yeah. it's a weird thing it sure. changes all the time and it makes me
4: very nervous because the <laughs> robots decide <laughs> Right. but yeah, the internet has changed things and I think that it People always said to me, you're too working class, you're too scummy. I mean, I've had promoters say this to me. Um, You're too working class, you're too loud, you're too common, you're not, you know, and you won't ever find your audience. And the whole time, the audience was there. And I found them. Um, And now they're like, oh, my God, it's so innovative. (laughs) I mean, that's not what you said two years ago, Lucy. (laughs)
3: Pretending that a woman's running comedy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it is.
0: I mean, I think hopefully things are changing. In, you oh, know, yeah, in the world, and hopefully things are getting better for women and for for people for different social groups. Well, it's different
4: uh, because if a man puts a, this is the thing we've noticed. If a guy puts a video, his content on the web, to what a woman puts the con, and that's just a given. We were speaking about that this morning with journalists that if a female journalist puts a story up. Um, and it gets like two or three. It, it it gets hundreds of comments. A man it's just like two or three. That still exists. There is still that thing that the minute you put up a video, hateful
3: comments. Hateful you comments mean. will yeah.
4: always come more for women than they will for men. Yeah, it's just the thing. That's just the internet. That's just, that's the, just internet. the internet. Yeah. There's
3: always going to be some guy. Like every time I post a video, there's a man who comments every time. I thought I told you before. You're no funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's going to change anything, Tam. But he keeps it, and it I know, keeps him I get busy. It and it doesn't does really matter. They're just people shouting. I was walking down the street trying out a, wide, a wide-brimmed a wide hat once, right? And I was playing... I was playing Pokemon Go, and this guy drove past me, and he was like, fuck off, fat Indiana Jones. <laughs> I'm not going to stop wearing a wide brim hat or being fat because that guy shouted it out a window. So that's just what Twitter comments are. It's just that guy shouting nonsense out a window. I'm what not going to heed it.
0: That what you said is is archetypical because it's like someone can't understand that there are other people in the world up and then yeah. Down. I've told you, do you're not true. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, I get that too. Well, <laughs> but it's just not everything's for everybody. And yeah, I do yeah. a radio show, and occasionally we get a message and like, who let you on the radio? I don't like this, and I'm like, well, it's not
4: for you then, pal. Yeah. Go yeah. listen it's just to something else. Go listen to LBC. Yeah. This isn't <laughs> for you. I oh, know. I've never run into a baker's when I hate marzipan. Why is this still being made? <laughs> Like, and it's disgusting. It's like Almond Blue tack Stop making it. <laughs> we, But we support each other. I mean, yeah. sometimes in the house, I'll get a whole big slew of, you're going to die, we're going to kill you, you're getting threats. And the best thing is, and I know it's terrible and I shouldn't say it out loud, but the most threats I get is they canny spell threat, right? And it looks like I'm getting threes. And, uh <laughs> Or they're going to come and reap me, which is weird. And um, <laughs> And I always write back, you eat what you saw, and they <laughs> don't get the joke. And then it just goes on and on and on. But she'll come through and go, Mum, I see what's happening. Do you know what? Put the phone down, just ignore them bunch of assholes, and like you taught me, it's just idiots shouting out of cars, but then you laugh, because you'll get that one, I've told you before, you're no funny, and I'm like, well, I better just give the house back and everybody their ticket money back and stop doing comedy and go back to just working in a pub. You're right, I'm dead sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry my talent has offended your life.
3: But I think they think you're upset, and they take delight in that, when in fact, she's sitting, pissing herself on the couch, fighting with these people, and I'm like, Mum, leave them alone. They don't know any better, and it's not fair because it feels like an it feels like an unjust fight. It's like it's like yes. like a big heavyweight boxer having a fight with like a two year old. It's not a fair but fight. If
0: the, the two year old comes in and says, "I want to fight," then the, the yeah, the ball. You still old, has to punch yeah. them. That's, that's the rules. <laughs> if they've started it, I mean, but that's you know, but it is so it's such arrogance and stupidity yeah. to think there's someone who's a professional comedian. A, that you know they're making a living from it so that proves that they're, yeah. they're good enough for what they do but B, I'm going to be able to take them down from my...
4: I uh, saw so you're not funny. Off. I'm like, fine, you better... T-. My favourite one as now I do is when a lot of people say, you're not funny, I can't believe MD pays to see you. I mean, why don't you stand outside my venue and tell the 700 people coming in that they've to stop buying tickets and you don't like me because I'm sure they'll listen to you.
3: <laughs> but sometimes they do, and then they turn up with leaflets saying that you're a spy, I? and that Did you was know terrifying. That
4: <laughs> oh my! Oh, uh-huh, we are not
3: really mother and daughter. We've been hired by the British gov- government to cause like trouble and di- divert attention away from what's actually happening. And I'm, and I'm an, an emergency
4: world. actor. She's an uh-huh, she's an emergency I'm actor. I'm a spy for the British government. Oh, wow. Guy stood outside my venue, gave all the flyers. That, I mean, the the gig that night was hysterical because I just read it out on stage, <laughs> and um, apparently I'm just, a. Sp-
3: I just wish that if we were, that like, they pay for our flat. Yeah, I know, me too. <laughs> the
4: wages for the British government being an emergency actor are shit. But it's, it's weird, and I just accept that there is people who, who are going to say stuff, and I just go, oh, well, that's fine. Why don't you come and stand outside my venue and tell everybody? And I'm sure other people get in and go, oh, you're right, son, she's rubbish, but we're still going to go in and listen anyhow. <laughs> and it's just, it's, it is what it is. But I, I love the web, and I love... Twitter, and I love Facebook, and I love the access we've got straight to people who enjoy your stuff, and immediately they can see it, and I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, that, it's That's it's the upside of it. Well, it's the upside
0: of, a, of, yeah, of an enormous downside that Twitter has brought yeah. the world, but it is... Yeah, it, and that, I think that's when Twitter started, it, it, was all, it was mainly upside. It was a good yeah. way people... Getting to know each other and liking things they liked, and it's unfortunately been infected by. But
4: I just block them. I just block yeah, them and block yeah. them and block. I can now put no, a video up. It's better to mute them. No, I'll tell you why. Because they don't
3: know they've been muted, <laughs> and then they're just screaming into a void, and they think you can
4: see it, but you can't. And, and that's a great feeling. But the problem with muting is, is people who like me start fighting with them and get involved in you know side arguments, and then there's a fringe fight happens at the side. So I just block them, so they go, oh god, at least put up a video. Oh fuck, I can't see in it. <laughs> So I like that feeling and it just means, it just feels it's just like somebody doesn't like your stuff like, I go out my door, don't come in, bye don't look. And it means I can put videos up now and there's no like 17,000 Rangers fans going, you're a cow. <laughs> Other football supporters are also mean. <laughs> <laughs> I am a Rangers fan and I'm a Protestant and they still haven't got that into their head but it's fine.
3: Some of them are really banging hot though so I like <laughs> that. Like some of them have got prison muscles and um... You know, they smell a Lynx Africa, but hate an African, and it's...
2: <laughs>
3: I call them hot cross
4: huns.
2: <laughs> hot
4: cross huns! <laughs> <laughs> you bring one of them home to my house. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Ma, this is Billy. Big tattoos in these things.
0: It's amazing that, you know, it's often with people... I mean, I know you're not a double act, actor, but I know you've done stuff together, but, like... To be working... I was just thinking it'd be weird. I mean, I know you said, when are you coming on your own? And I will have you on your own, Ashley, because you're, you're the best one, really. Thank you. Uh, she'll, she'll, be, she'll be dead eventually, as well. <laughs> That's why they gave her the award. She's closer to dying. I really uh, don't think so, mate. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. But, it's, it's, you know, I was thinking, God, if I had to go on a podcast with my mum and talk with my mum, how weird that would be. And you're, su- you're such good friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're very close. I, mean, you know, I know we talked for, uh, before, Janie, about... The, the, how hard your life was to, mm-hmm. to begin with, and you've and obviously you've been through the.
4: <laughs>
3: we joke about it. But,
0: uh, yeah, she's had a sad,
3: sad life. Your sad, yeah. sad life, with your
4: sad, sad book.
0: <laughs> but it's amazing, it's amazing to have that relationship as a mother and daughter and, and be just comfortable fun. with each other. Yeah, it's hard. It's, hard. it's my boyfriend. <laughs> is that
4: Billy? Right. he a hot cross hand. <laughs> yes. No, I know. It is really.
3: Yeah, uh, we're good. We're good pals, but it's, we pretend like she was always like, "I'm not your friend. I'm your mother." But that was bullshit. Yeah. Um, she's very much we're pals, and yeah. I think that it's born of the fact that my dad is very autistic yeah. and not good at anything socially. So I just had to step in there and be like a hu- a husband daughter
4: to mm-hmm. you. <laughs> and yeah, that's weird. But you wish but I had me <laughs> said that <out>, like. anyway. <laughs> But you were always, even when we were you were young. She was always like good fun, and we've always been. We kind, I think, in a really weird way. And being all seriousness, is I know that as she grew up, and the more she realised what kind of life I've had she became very, you became very protective and overcompensatory um, for, you know, she would say, uh, I remember, this is an example, when she was about four or five, before she knew anything, I remember one she was combing my hair and she went, see when I'm older and I'm the mummy and you're the baby, I'm going to buy you a nice dress. (laughs) And I think children do do that, they think that when they get older, you're going, and and we kind of do. Um, but, yeah, but she's off. if all you turn into, like, if you Benjamin Button and go all babyish, pillar. Right, that's the way we're doing it. <laughs> but we are very supportive of each other and we very rarely have a fight because living with my husband who has got autism can sometimes be so exhausting and draining that she's like, oh, fuck my poor. <laughs> and, and we kind of gang up on him a wee bit and, yeah, and she's been great with him because even if I tell him he's wrong, you go, no, I'm no and then she'll go as soon as I go for a pee she, the minute I leave the room she's like listen up you arsehole you've been annoying that woman for 40 years you're wrong, just fucking leave, her leave alone. Her.
3: and then I'll show him on Google how he's wrong and then he'll feel bad <laughs> yeah the internet has ruined my dad's life yeah he can never be right about anything again
4: <laughs> Elvis wrote all these songs no he never, never. <laughs>
0: Let's do a couple of emergency questions, and then we—it goes so fast. The time on on uh, this, this show, but uh, I'm going to go old school. Emergency questions for both of you. What is the mo- uh, well, What's the most pretentious book you've uh, ever bought but never read?
3: Lincoln in the Bardle. Okay. Yeah, I've never read it. I yeah. just bought it because I wanted to look smart in front yeah. of a hot bookshop man.
4: <laughs> Did um, it work? No. no. Um, I think I bought. Uh, Catcher in the Rye. Okay. Just somebody's cheap coils fell out. My
3: friend Vicky. <laughs> oh, man. Nobody has coils now. Um, my friend Vicky used to take Catcher in the Rye. On have Everpens. you checked? Everybody's funny. Yeah, just got a wee metal detector. Just to see if she'd get pulled over. And she never got searched, but I always did. And she would have Catcher in the Rye. Okay. Her.
0: Weird thing. It's a good book.
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll read it nah. one day. I mean, I'd rather she have John Lennon alive it.
0: than the mm. book, though. Mm.
3: <laughs> that's why that's
0: the guy who, the guy who killed him uh, Red Catcher in the Rye that's what made him kill John Lennon
2: mm,
3: I think I. it was just him being mental and what kill no, he killed people that made him kill was. people
0: I think Catcher in the to blame <laughs> um, okay <laughs> controversial what is the worst Adam Sandler film We haven't talked about Adam Sandler at all on this uh, Edinburgh Fringe podcast, Eyes Back.
4: I don't even know an Adam Sandler. Do you watch Adam Sandler films? Yeah, love them. She's (laughs) a film buff.
0: Which is the worst one of the Adam Sandler?
3: Um, I'm going to say the remake of Burt Reynolds' The Longest Yard was the worst of the Adam Sandler films, just because it was a weird remake and Burt Reynolds was still in it, so it made it really confusing Uh, because it was a remake and
4: and I don't know let cool. Big Daddy. Uh, big Daddy. Yeah, that is rubbish. Yeah, that right. Well t- done, t- Jenny. Incredible. Thank t- you. <laughs> 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 done for spotting that, Jenny. But I'm the woman that Disney know, MD. I sat in LA backstage with Zac Efron, spoke to him for tours, years, didn't you know who he was? <laughs> she had to. Come she out thought he
3: worked in the theatre. I thought he worked in the <laughs> theatre. She said, "Where do you work?" And he said, "Here," meaning LA. And she was like, "Oh, that's wonderful. Can you get me a wee cup of tea, son?" <laughs>
2: It wasn't until we
4: came out. Uh And I went, this is my daughter. And she went... (laughs) (laughs) I went, what's your name again? And I went, Zach. And she went, she just did this. Put your hand right on my face. She just did that thing. (laughs) And Zach then she went, Mum. We literally watched a film we in um, it yesterday, and I'm awful with faces and yeah. names. But, but I bet he
0: liked. I bet Zac Efron liked being. He was, he was absolutely
4: cool. He was the nicest boy. I yeah. told me he'd worked in Glasgow, and he'd be because I thought that he worked on film somehow, and be, it was really interesting. He was, yeah. It was
0: nice. Well, you mean like you know you got Margaret Atwood and um, Shatner? Is so he still? <gasps> you're still ch- chatting with Shatner? Shatner William Shatner.
4: I can't
3: talk about it, but okay. yeah, he's messaged me something as a bit. Oh. I'm marrying him. Whoever um, made that disbelieving noise, <laughs> fuck you! I could, okay. I could get a shot at it if I wanted. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> Next question. <laughs>
0: I'll ask you another question oh, I am excited. I tried to get William Shatner when he was over onto the podcast mm. but he wouldn't do my podcast oh, well, his people said he once does.
4: Ashley's married to him the two can come on together and she'll just yeah, I'll bring you on with
0: William Shatner that'll yeah. will annoy, will that annoy you If it's, I'll only have you on with other people
4: I just want to come on by myself <laughs> you have
0: got to be William Shatner and you Margaret Atwood if you can come on with Margaret Atwood and I'll have you back on right fine uh, they're, they're just money. follow me on Twitter that's all it's I want really, really. It's I'll follow you on Twitter I can't believe I'm not following you on <laughs> Twitter I must follow you from a se- my secret account um, <laughs> what was the biggest lie your parents ever told you?
3: That they were happy.
4: <laughs> Diabetes. I think. What? We told you you were diabetic. <laughs> <laughs> that
3: true? Um, yeah, I wasn't allowed sweets. And when I asked why, they said it was because
4: I was diabetic. <laughs> I also told her that the ice cream van with that noise went. It meant that the man um, was crying and he had to go home. <laughs> i told you lots of lies. Yeah. <laughs> when that
3: care bear came to my birthday and it had a hole in the bum of his suit, you told me sat on a jaggy cloud and I was afraid of flying for, like, 15 years in case a jaggy cloud ripped the plane open. That's
0: true. Wow. So, um, let's, let's hear about... We've nearly got to finish... Tell us about your shows. What, what, what shows are you doing in Edinburgh and what, how can people see
4: them? I'm doing Godly on the Fringe. Apparently it's not on the app, but I don't know. Anyhow, Godly on the Fringe, it's at 8 o'clock every night at the Counting House round at the Pear Tree. It's free. Um, if you want to turn up, queue early. We have quite big queues. Come along and see it. I'll be doing voiceovers live on it, um, which has cheered me up no end. Ashley? I'm on at 5.30 every day at the Pear Tree, which is
3: part of the Counting House, Mm -hmm. and it's a free show, but I'm also on BBC Radio Scotland every night, every Friday night from 10pm till 1 in the morning, and if you do miss that, you can catch it again on the BBC Sounds app and website, The Ashley Story Show. Thank you.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Wow!
0: (laughs) And have you seen anything you want to recommend quickly from anyone else, or you not go and see?
4: I have seen... um, Uh, Matt Davis is a wee American comic who's came over without any help and on his own, that very essence of the fringe and he's down uh, it used to be the old original stand the 52 Canoes down in the Westport and he's only on at half past two in the day but he's an amazing American comic and he's so good and people just won't see him because he's not in the brochure, he's not in anything but go see him, half past two 52 Canoes down at the Westport I love him
3: and I've seen an angry drunk homeless man who's found a jazzy suit and has convinced half the bars in Edinburgh that he's a performer. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. It's, a,
0: it's absolutely, the streets are my favourite place to see yeah. <laughs> insane people <laughs> hitting Spanish <laughs> tourists with suitcases. Right, well, we're going to have to end it there, but thank you very much to my fantastic guest, Janie got and After Story. We're back tomorrow with a big Jen Brister, Steph Tintel. Uh, we've got loads of great gigs coming up. Please come and see it again. Goodbye. See you. You have been listening to Rahula at the Edinburgh Fringe with me, Richard Herring. Thank you to Pest for providing the music. Thank you to everyone at the Newtown Theatre and The Stand and everyone at gofasterstripe.com. The producer is James Hingley. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz at gofasterstripe.com production. Go to rahulastupa.co.uk to find out more. richardherring.com slash gigs to find out who my guests are for the rest of the run.
3: Let's
0: get this dinner party started. Thanks for listening. slash gigs gofasterstripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh yeah, I know all the cool words. And um would love to see you on the on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it.
2: Bye.